really good drink. Anyway, drink down, microphone up, headphones on. It's time to kick this party off because, ladies and gentlemen, the fucking hiatus is over. Collar and elbow wrestling is back and better than ever. Don't sing on my podcast. Topical, topical because Eric yep. Bischoff. That's true. Anyway, yes, lots have happened since our last episode uh, between moving for Chris, uh, hospital visits for me and my children. Plural. Um, yeah, it hasn't been easy over this last month or so or longer. I don't even know anymore our, because our it's just been a blur. Our last show debuted on March 28th, so that's over three months. Our our lives have been hectic. Um, So much is happening with me and work. I have AJ Styles. You have AJ Styles in your hands right here with me. You should have him do a phenomenal forearm. But here we're back, and as I mentioned, so much has happened in the world. Oh, God. So much has happened in the world of wrestling that we just need to sit here and talk about it. Now, I believe our opinions may differ quite a bit from a good amount of what I'm seeing on the internet, but that's okay. Differences are okay. I know they're not okay for a lot of people. A lot of people get their feelings hurt when you don't think the same way they think or... uh, You don't think someone is as good as they think they are? And we're definitely going to get into that. I've talked extensively about how not good a certain person is. (laughs) But before we get into all that, Chris, how how have you been? It's been so long. Bubs, it's been three months. Now, I talk to you nearly every day, so it's not like I've had a, a lack of you in my life is not the issue. But there has been a lack of a snowball in front of me where I get to talk. And a, a lack of a glass with ice in it that I get to drink, and overall a lack of a of a bigger platform. Ice is way more it is. Mine's. I got the big cubes. They're loud, but yours is bitchy. Are you yeah. drinking a pre-made Long Island iced tea? I wasn't. You buy those things. I take pride in making my own. That says a difference about I a man. Don't have I don't have. Yeah. Yes, a man that works as hard as I do and is as um, has the stature mm. that I do. I don't have Strong to make my own line. drinks. Okay. Make the, yes, thank you, people. So go on, as you were saying. One thing I have been missing is this platform that we have, Bubs, that is long running now, and getting to talk about some of my opinions because that seems to be the biggest thing that wrestling has become. A place for people to talk about opinions, talk about what oh, I think yes. is great, talk about what should have been, talk about what was good, talk about what was bad. And there's differences everywhere. We haven't got to talk about that in a bit. So I have it's been built up in oh. me. A lot has happened since fucking March. Yeah, so yeah. we got to get into that. We're going to talk some specifics tonight. We're going to attack some of the IWC because you guys are trash. And we're going to talk about this. Oh. We're going to talk about this former t-shirt company that has now become a professional wrestling brand. Fighter Fest just happened, Bubs. All Out is going to happen. I got some problems already with that. So I don't know where you want to start. I've got some problems with Fighter Fest. But 
Um, oof, where, where, where to start? Where to start? Um, oh. One of the kind of main forces that has been pushing me to, to put an end to this hiatus has been some of the out-of-this-world things I have seen people posting on different wrestling forums and Facebook pages mm-hmm. and articles I've read from so-called professionals. Um, first of all, just because you happen to have a platform where they post your content does not make you a professional. I'm not going to sit here and say that me and Chris are professionals in any stretch of the imagination. Uh, however, we're not going to try and shove it down your throat that we're some kind of almighty, our opinion matters more than you kind of people. But because of that, I'm also, when I see a stupid-ass opinion, I'm going to tell you it's a stupid-ass opinion. Mm. And I hope you do the same to me because I'm not going to sit there and then whine and cry and call you a motherfucker because you didn't like my opinion. Motherfucker. I'll just call you an idiot. <laughs> yeah, I'll just call you an idiot because you're wrong. All right. But yes, yeah, some of the dumbass opinions I have seen is what has been making me itch to get back on this this social platform. Now, I know I know you well enough that something specific would have had to have happened. Some specific post about uh, an event or a performer had to have been brought up for you to really get angry right. basically so let's yes. let's get it this is a good way to, to lead into this so what was it that fired you up on the inside and burned your beard hair a little bit and said you know what fuck that's that time was, to talk that was one time when i was trying to light my grill <laughs> i i my face was way too close to yeah. the open the beard was too long the flame, yeah the flames just shot right up mm. but there were really two let's get to the heart of the matter there were two posts really that drew my ire more than anything and there were a few that i screeched into you just because i had to Mm. let you see them of course but the first one that just it 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 made me scratch my head a question was posed a question that seems rhetorical because there is only one right answer to it and you don't really need to answer it the question was in their primes which was the better group the nwo or bullet club yeah so i should have waited till you were done taking that before i brought this up i remember seeing this and then i remember you sharing it with me because this got a lot of attention I, i did i don't understand how or why that is a question that had to have been asked I've always compared Bullet Club to NWO. Of course. But not in terms of size, mainstream appeal, uh, effectiveness, and importance to the industry. Because it's really a no-brainer. Only one group made a complete shift in professional wrestling. Only one group had the mainstream appeal. Only one group had Jay Leno wrestle a match with them, or against them, actually. Was it with them or against? Yes, it was. I, I don't remember. Damn, I'm going to have to go back. I've been, watching a lot of, I've been watching a lot of 2000s WCW lately, so my brain 
Spain has all kinds of on the mm. fritz. I've got that Russo, uh, <laughs> Russo thing going. But tell me, tell me, who who am I talking about when I say that there's only one group that? The, That's the, the answer to that question. I, I don't know what else to well, say. I'm I, I think that these type of posts come from simp to be nice. I'll be the nice one on this one. You can do the heel version. These come from the younger crowd who has actually no idea what NWO was. They've only seen NWO. So they know all about Bullet Club. They've grown up with Bullet Club. They think that they they understand that Bullet Club was formed off of and has used some of the NWO tactics to build the stable because Bullet Club is a very successful stable, and they've portrayed yes, themselves in, in terms of in terms of professional wrestling mm -hmm. alone, just wrestling, yeah, just the wrestling world of the independent wrestling world. Bullet Club has made a good name a good name for themselves, right? But yeah. we're talking about. I'm talking about mainstream. The NWO wasn't just big in professional wrestling. Okay, mm. I can I, in in 1997, 1998, you can go to people on the street and ask them who the New World Order were, and they would either know exactly who you're talking about or go, "Hmm, isn't that that wrestling group with Hulk Hogan?" People knew. Yeah. If I go up to any random stranger on the street and I go, hey, do you know who the Bullet Club is? They'll be like, oh, is that some kind of gun gun group that's yeah. around here? Uh, I can it, try and... That's, that's a, a knockoff of the NRA, something like that, right? Yeah. yeah. What? They're taking our guns, that damn Bullet Club. You mentioned those years specifically, 97, 98. And let's talk about crossover appeal real quick. The, the two best basketball teams in 97, 98 were the Utah Jazz and Chicago Bulls. The second greatest scorer of all time... Carl Malone. Carl Malone. Malone was all over WCW. Right? Oh, man. The you called him the milkman. <laughs> Kurt Angle. That's from my Kurt Angle post. Yes. That's uh, it's bleeding over. Your subconscious is deep. And a star from that team and one of the most unique you know, stars, because, I mean, he deserves to have that title thrown on him, was Dennis Rodman. And he was involved with professional wrestling because of what the NWO and WCW was doing at the time. That is crossover appeal because the NBA had a huge reach in the late 90s given Michael Jordan, right? So the N the NWO far outreaches really any other brand. Really, the only competition is DX because of the longevity that they had and the stars that DX had. So there is no comparison now, Bullet Club has done great things in the independent and the professional world. The NWO, like you said, has done that. And then they have the mainstream appeal because of the big names that they use. There really weren't big names in Bullet Club. AJ Styles is a big name, yeah. right? But Prince Devitt, as much he, as people love him... He's a big name in... Right, in wrestling, he is. Right. But that's it. Exactly. Um, that's what the problem is with this comparison is that even within the context of wrestling, just wrestling, the NWO was by far the much more influential. Mm. They had the bigger stage. Mm. They single-handedly changed the tides of the Monday Night War, both positively for WCW and also negatively for WCW. They did. 
the the NWO by far there's there's tons of documentaries, tons of shows on the network, all over the internet, on Amazon that you can get on the NWO. Mm-hmm. All you have on Bullet Club, what there's a couple documentaries on New Japan World. Yeah. I mean that's I'm sure there's really some, it. There's a couple of DVDs because, out there, you know. Yeah, that they've put out themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just that that question really shows me where as a wrestling fan base. The the older generation, a lot of people our age, maybe are have fallen out of love with wrestling. They don't follow it anymore. And the big voice in wrestling now are these younger kids that that seem to be very, very emotional about their opinions, and to be fair, they they love they love wrestling. They love their favorite kind of wrestlers and stars mm-hmm. and and storylines, just like we did yeah. when we were kids. Everyone's nostalgic, you know. My my cousin still tells me how you know the 1970s was the best era in wrestling. That's hard for you and I to believe. Exactly. Because we think that the mid to late 90s, early 2000s is the best time in wrestling. So it's one of those things where it's it's a generational shift. But come on, have have some respect for the wrestling industry. Don't let your nostalgia blind you. Sometimes it's just going back and actually learning. I think that there's a huge level of ignorance that's, that goes on with stuff like this because they know the name of the NWO. Of course, they know who was involved, but they don't actually, maybe they haven't even gone back and watched what happened 96, 97, 98. And then, of course, it got bad for NWO because everybody on the roster was a member of NWO. There's bad times there as well. But uh, there, there becomes a you have to be objective in some of the things that you do, I think, to be taken seriously. Otherwise, you're just writing posts on a wrestling forum page on Facebook or something like that, and it, that really means nothing. Right. So. You might think it does. You might think that you're the next Dave Meltzer, but honestly, it means nothing in the grand scheme of things. Oh. <laughs> Sorry to be the bad guy there. Bub, speak, I mean, if we're, if we're not... If, ooh, you're, you got me thinking now, real quick. Uh, Okay, I'm listening. Facebook and Twitter and the IWC have told me that Sasha Banks deserves to be paid millions of dollars on a renegotiated contract and treated as an absolute star and given the number of title reigns as Charlotte Flair should have has right now. That's how they should treat Sasha so that she doesn't walk away from the company and join AEW. Now let's talk about this. Real okay. quick, because that's what got me going. Is Sasha's been okay. off TV for a while. She's, you know, when after losing the tag titles, there's rumors that they, her and Bailey, threw somewhat of a fit, and it just wasn't an all-around good time. Now I've voiced my no, opinions but, uh, about Bailey her seems before. To have Flourishing. Oh, she, yeah, she <laughs> seems to be doing just fine. Doing fine. So, so I want to yes, know is on, is um, is Sasha Banks. Is she worthy enough to be thrown in that Charlotte category? And should she should she be paid millions more dollars than she is now on a renegotiated contract and treated 
as such because she's an underrated talent on the WWE roster. Uh, is it that? Underrated. Yeah. Is it that, Bubs? Uh-huh. Or is she simply good enough, has had great times in NXT? Um, I don't want to bring up all the botches that she does, but can, 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 we, can, can we be objective? Which way are we leaning here? Is she a star, or okay. is it time to just call her a bust? So, she reminds me a lot of another particular uh, former WWE star that has recently left and uh, has you know made big waves mm. outside of WWE. I'm not going to give a specific name, but I'm just going to lay out some similarities between them. Both are called underutilized. Both are looked at as the top of the top and, you know, should absolutely be top-level stars along with their peers. Um, However, what's failed to be mentioned is that both have been given multiple top championships in their respective divisions. Uh, both have been given main event runs and have main evented multiple pay-per-views, but neither of them could really cut it. One's no longer in the WWE, and I don't think WWE is too upset about that, and the other is Sasha Banks, who you know we're having this discussion about right now. Okay. To answer your question, no. I everyone everyone should get as much money as they as they feel they deserve. I'm not going to ever stop someone from trying to make more money. Does she deserve a bigger spotlight? Does she deserve to be on the level of Charlotte? No, absolutely not. She doesn't even deserve to be on the level of Bailey or Lacey Evans for that matter. Oof. Yeah. Lacey's still green, too. Okay. Yeah, that women's right, though, bubs. I know. Hit her with it. Such a good finisher. Don't hate it. Ah, yes. Okay. But go on. What do you have to say? No, I'm glad we agree with that because I want it to be kind of proven that... I want WWE to stick to their their to their to guns and stuff like this. If it's true that she kind of had, had a tantrum through a fit... Uh, walked out, has, hasn't done shows, any of that stuff, hasn't made appearances and kind of basically just walked away for lack of a better word. We don't really know a lot of what, what of that is true and what's not. I hope that they simply let her walk away. And if she can prove to become a bigger star somewhere else, that's great. It's great for the industry. It's great yeah, for, it's for pro her. wrestlers. It's great for her. If uh, she doesn't, if, because I mean, if she walked away, someone would sign her. She's got a big name. She was a WWE star. She's going to get picked up. That's not a, a concern. It's what comes she down the years. She's like a, what, a three-time, four-time women's champion or I'd something am, like that? I imagine it's on the four to five range, and she's done many pay-per-views. She's done some good matches. There's nothing that says her she resume isn't nice. She was the first nice. woman to main event a pay-per-view with Charlotte and Helen Cell. Helen Cell, right, and things. part of that match was good. So Part of it, but I, some of it was yeah. ruined by... Her knack for making mistakes in the ring. Right. Which Answer me this. If she's not the niece of, or cousin, or whatever it is, of Snoop Dogg, right. is she in the position that she's in? 
No, because outside of her NXT run, they didn't use the Snoop Dogg thing much, you know, until she moved on from there. And it would have been proven that she's Dana Brooke territory, I think. And, and then other the, than her matches with Bailey in NXT, I have not been impressed with her. And you know how I feel about her matches with Bailey in NXT. I know there's some great stuff down there, and it's, it seems to be the one. She seems to think that she's the biggest star that they have in that women's division, and she's by far she's mediocre at best. And it sounds like I'm, of yeah. course, hating really hard on this, but I just don't want it to be a thing where she's allowed to throw her tantrum. No, don't try and, to back and, off on it. You are to hating. Get, I am, and that's okay. I don't want her to get her way because she complains. I want her to have to basically reprove herself if that's the case and start over again or do something significant to show all of us, oh, you know, she really is the star. I should have been watching this, you know, or taking her in this light since NXT, but I all don't right, feel so that way. So Let me throw these, these names at you and you tell me yeah. out of these names who are the bigger stars. Hmm. Um, Charlotte. Okay. Charlotte Flair. Number one, yep. Okay. Becky Lynch. Okay. The crowd says okay. number one. Okay. Bailey. Okay. And Sasha Banks. Okay, so you said them in the correct order. One, two, three, and four. <laughs> I wasn't even trying to okay. rank them, but yeah, that's my point. And I would even say Of the Bailey, four horsewomen. Yeah, Bailey deserves a, maybe a slight above Becky because Becky... By character no, alone, by no, character alone, the last year, it's been a lot of her, and we've all, you know, got behind that. So, eh. yes. So, of those four, you're saying the one that doesn't belong in that group. Yeah. Yeah, I want to hear you say the name. I don't want Sasha Banks mentioned in those in that category with those three. There we go. I want somebody Thank else to you. replace Time her. Thank you. Time for you to nut up and yeah, just. I just I need it to be. Say it. I need it to be said and somebody to get behind me and. I don't know, Kevin Dunn. No, do, I'm do still something. behind you. It, it hurts. Okay, it does. <laughs> that was my my little piece I had to put out there because we like okay. to trash the IWC because there's been a lot of that. It's been so much in favor yes, of her. Okay. Yes, and the other person that I, I compared her to is another post that got my ire over the last month. And it was in discussions of who's going to win the G1 Climax. And which, tomorrow here in Dallas. Day one. Uh, by the way. Yes. Pretty, pretty cool stuff here. Um, so the post I see, it goes... Who do you all think is going to win the G1 Climax? And I could pull it up now and just run through the names, and this person's name would never uh, come to mind. But they go, who do you think is going to win the G1? I think it's going to be John Moxley. John it makes Moxley. The, it makes the most sense. Push him to the it's moon. Like, how, how does it make the most sense? Everyone wants to say how shitty the WWE is, how terrible it is, None of them are real stars, but when someone leaves, all of, automatically they should be the top guy wherever they go. And why right. is that? They go, oh, well, because he was in WWE. Oh, but I thought WWE was a piece of shit. Mm. So why would someone who wasn't even the top guy, why all of a sudden would they become 
the top star in whatever organization they go to. And why in the hell would it make the most sense for him to win the G1? It makes 1% of sense to me that John Moxley wins the G1. The 29th, I think it is, annual. And I can't get behind that post, Bubs, because that stuff irritates me. But business sense. New Japan has taken advantage of him quickly. U.S. title well, yes, right it away. Makes sense. Everybody's gonna, you know, AEW takes advantage that of it right sense. away. So why would New Japan? That's where these. I think a lot of these fans are coming from. It makes sense that they thrust him to the spotlight, put him in a match with Okada at the Kingdom, and say, "Here, WWE, you missed your chance on a star." Well, did did they? But because did they, they did they though? Because we saw his WWE. He's a multi-time. He's he's a two-time WWE champion. Or at least just one time. I don't oh, remember. I think he won it once. It just been, he just blew my mind ugh. if he won it twice. And luckily, AJ took that from him and had a. And AJ had a tremendous oh, run because run. when Dean Ambrose, we've we yes we we've had this many discussions many about <laughs> Dean Ambrose as a champion. No matter what championship he held, whether it was the U.S. title, For tag so team long. titles, the WWE title, the Intercontinental title, when the title got put on him. It immediately lost all of its luster. Everything the Miz did to build up the IC title was destroyed by Dean Ambrose. Dean Ambrose had a terrible run with the WWE Championship, a WWE Championship that Roman Reigns was was slowly building into something really good. Yeah, he had a pretty solid run before he before he pissed hot, of course. Right. But drop that, that title. Was, that was Roman Reigns' own doing. Yeah. Um, but that was that was a wasted run that AJ Styles picked up and turned back into a illustrious title that he eventually dropped to John Cena. Mm-hmm. So yes, the WWE it lost one of its biggest stars. I'm not going to deny that Dean Ambrose was not a big star. He was. He still gets big pops. The people love him. Yep. But personally, he's not good. He's not good in the ring, and he wasn't all that interesting on the mic. Nope. Bubs, but it starts tomorrow, G1. So if you're putting your money yeah. right yes, now... Yes, it does. The majority of fans, Ooh. if we were to start a poll with all two, four, six... 8, 10, 20, 20, I think, personnel that are in block A and block B combined. Is your money on John Moxley? Like, if you were, if no, no, you know, personal gripe aside, do you think he actually wins G1? No, absolutely not. Okay. Because, I mean, I do not at all. It is full of stars, and I'm actually going to pull up the list. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna pull up the blocks and I'm gonna take a look at it. Right, check it out real right. quick. Right now, I love how they're divided this year in Block A and B. There's some great talent on both sides. It's gonna be good shit to uh, block see. Block A is so good. I love Block A. Uh, yep. Evil Kenta Sonata. Sonata, yep. Big pop for you. Kata and Osprey. Oh, Abushi. Block A is just <laughs> Block A's got me written all over it. Yeah, it it's does. got all of my favorite guys. You look at Block, block B. has Goto, Ishii. It's got the heavy hitter, Juice Robinson, yeah. Tetsuya Naito, 
Uh, that that's a that's a good block too. And none, I'm not looking at this going. God, it absolutely has to be John Moxley. No, because it doesn't. There's I'm looking at guys this on here that I like. Going, it could be one. Even Lance Archer. Love him. Not really. That's not going to happen. <laughs> he can't win. But, it. I love him. Yeah, but it's so. You can't. <laughs> it's so wide open. And I, I could see Kenta making a run. Well, okay. The G1. He can get some points. Because that's, that's a big return. Uh, I know. What? It's, what are you hum-hawing about? Now I'm thinking about how, the, how they could use storyline-wise. Because the Kenta stuff got big pops, of course. And it's going to be well-received by the fans. So if, they, if they were to push him, you know, towards that, you know, later round type of stuff, if you will, that's going to get a lot of love. He, I just, he can't win it though. We're talking about this needs to be put in context. Okay. This, the winner of G one okay. faces Kazuchika Okada at Wrestle Kingdom. That's big stuff. Look at the Unless last Kazuchika Okada wins the <laughs> then, G one. Then they, <laughs> yeah, then they figure out another way to, to he wrestles it in there. himself. I'd love it. But could you imagine how great that match? Oh, would the match would be the greatest match ever. You can't put number one versus number Rain one. Maker! Oh God! So that's there. But we're talking. Okay, so here is my here is my dark horse for winning the G one. Okay. This is my bold prediction, and I'm gonna I, stick with it. I want a dark horse, and I want a winner. You got to pick two, Bubs. Okay. Dark horse, Will Ospreay. Okay. Because why not? Because he winner? does everything right. <laughs> He does. He's so good. Yep. The winner, Sonata. You know I'm a huge Sonata that's, fan. That's got bias written all over it. But okay. I don't care. Okay. I don't care what you say. I like it. I know, right? Now, what a guy. Real, before we get into mine, let's talk about the selections here real quick, though. What are the odds, though? Because Moxley's going to be on the card for Wrestle Kingdom. Yes. Right? Whether it's defending that U.S. title or not. So, what are the odds he actually wins this, though? Do you think there's an actual chance? Because I mean, why not? Why not book him against Okada? Why not? Well, one, I don't think that with AEW having their weekly show starting in October, I don't think there's going to be this overlap that there is now. Okay. So I put the percentage at about point. 0.8%. Okay. Le- less than a percent. That chance is still there if they just really want to throw a wild card at you. But I do not see it happening at all. Okay. Because what's been happening with Moxley, of course, as expected, is that he has been booked very strong. So in order for him to, to really be beaten, you know, we're not going to get DQ. We're not going to get odd finishes. He has to get pinned by somebody. So you, yes. have to, you have to almost justify who's strong enough in these blocks. Which is why he's in block B, I think. Because block B is the weaker of the two blocks. So he could win the block, basically, you're saying, and ha- and then go up against the, the block A. If he can get through Naito. Yeah, he has to beat Naito and Jay White, who's yeah. been, I mean, he's falling Jay off. Jay White, yeah. So Juice Robinson's in that block as well. There's a lot of stuff in there, so I don't know. It just that's been the ongoing rumor, of course, is that Moxley's already been booked to face Okada for the title because that that will draw 
right? That will draw more than what Jay White was supposed yes. to do last year, will it not? But that just proves the point that if you become an established star in WWE, you are bigger than just any other wrestling promotion. Mm -hmm. He became an established star in WWE, so now he can literally go to any promotion and become the top guy mm -hmm. just by his association with the WWE. All right, Bob. Well, the finals aren't until like the beginning or middle of August, so I'm going to get my We've got time. picks out there real quick for you early on before tomorrow starts. Dark Horse, Kota Ibushi. Dark fucking horse. Love it. Yeah. I don't and, know how much of a dark horse that is because he is. Well, because I'm picking He could winner. be a favorite. I'm, I'm picking the okay. actual winner who's going to. Sonata. It will not be Sonata as much as you want it to be. It will be my boy <laughs> Tetsuya Naito going no, again. It will, not it will be absolutely Naito. be Tetsuya Naito, and I will get my rematch. <laughs> I will get my rematch versus Okada. Now that's a pretty good story. And that's a good fucking story. Because it didn't that's happen long, two years ago. And two years ago, we all bet the house on Nido. We everything. lost all I of lost our money. You lost everything. your mortgage. You lost your mortgage. I did. I don't even know what house this is. Exactly. Right now. I have no money left. So now I we get, we get kid, the chance. But I don't to have that one anymore. <laughs> we get the, yeah, it's gone. My one son is gone. We get the chance to double down, Bubs. And that, I think, is really good booking. I love long term storytelling. And Nido needs the title. Okada holding the title once again. He, that's the thing, though. He doesn't need it. He's he, he's he, one of those guys who doesn't need a title. He we, needs we, the we, Wrestle Kingdom victory. He does. He, okay. He does. He needs the... Uh, he yeah. needs... Yes. Yep. Tokyo Dome. Give it to him. I like it. Ah. Bubs, AEW is a wrestling promotion. Last time we yes, talked, it, it was now. not. Finally. Yeah. A lot of things have happened. They've had really good success. They've drawn money. They've sold out crowds. They have gotten... They're selling out left and right. They've gotten everyone's attention, and things are going. We're getting all out. will happen... I forget the date. Oh, God. All out's happening, though, in the end yes. of August. August 31st. Yes. So, what do you think? What is AEW? Let's discuss this. Okay, um, AEW has been impressive with their ticket sales. Okay, yeah. they've sold out their shows relatively quickly, the couple of shows that they have. Um, but when you promote something for so long and you have shows so s spread out, it's a lot easier to for sure. sell out those shows. Um Oh, man. You just had to remind me of the third thing that okay. drew my ire. Yes. Um, is it related to You remember to that post? That, it is. Okay. You remember that post that I shared with you where mm -hmm. um, they were talking about how easily AEW could sell out an NFL stadium. Yeah. They talked about it selling out like the, the Jet Stadium or the New York Giants Stadium, whichever one it was. Yeah. They said it would do it in minutes. In minutes. Because there were because so many people were waiting in line, not realizing waiting. that, not realizing that a lot of those were duplicates they and were, just bots and trying to buy bots. up. Oh, please tell me there were so many bots. Yes, but okay, I just had to bring that that's, up. That's good, good. Um, point. 
when you have shows spread out like this, it's a lot easier to sell it out mm -hmm. because, and when you go to different areas, it's easier because there's not any overexposure. Mm -hmm. Once they start running these weekly television shows, and let's say two years from now, they're still selling out 15,000 people arenas. Mm -hmm then yes, that is absolutely 100% impressive. Yes. But for right now, I, I'm not buying into that hype just yet. I need it to be sustained over, a, over an extended period of time with the potential of overexposure happening with a weekly television show. Yes. This is where you and I have differed from a lot of other podcasts and a lot of other um, fortified columnist guys that write a lot of this stuff is because as soon as it happens, they've been jumping on it and saying how great it is. You and I yes. have been sitting back and saying, no, no, no. We're, we need we're taking to see, the patient approach. Yeah, we have to see TV because TV gives you national level, level exposure. They're going to get that. They have a great TV deal. Oh, depending, yeah. on, depending on which day they end up Huge being, whether day. it be Tuesday or Wednesday, they're going to have good TV. So what does that do on the negative side? It means people don't have to go to your pay-per-views. They don't have exactly. to go to Vegas to see you. They don't have to do any of that. They can buy your pay-per-views. Pay-per-view buys might still be nice. If they keep jumping around the country and using some of these really good cities like Chicago, it's a good fucking wrestling city, right? They're going to get buys there. When they try to go into a little bit of uncharted water, if you go into fucking Portland, you might not be great, right? Right. Middle America, you might not be great. Kansas City might not be the best city for you to go and uh, try to do a pay-per-view. Topeka, so, Kansas. Yeah, these uh, type of places aren't going to be your bread and butter. If they have a good business plan and they don't go for those markets, yeah, they still might sell out all these arenas, and that might be their forte. But right now, I'm simply going to lay back. I'm going to watch. I'm going to enjoy what I want to enjoy, which there's some good shit in AEW. There's a lot of stuff that I like there. There's also a little bit of... It's really just hyped indie work for me. That doesn't it doesn't do anything for me personally as a wrestling fan. That's why I'm not so behind it like right. everyone else is. I happen to enjoy a lot of the WWE product. Because you and me are you and me are very much into storyline story based wrestling. Sure. And as of right now, we're not getting that just yet mm. with AEW. Now, come the end of the year, we could be completely invested yeah. into it. Because there might be compelling storylines and really good wrestling to go along with it. Yep. Now, when WC when when Eric Bischoff first took over WCW, it wasn't one of those things where it's like, okay, WCW is definitely competition now for WWE. No, it took years of building the product and then being able to pluck big name guys from the WWE to become the product that made WCW competitive. I don't think AEW is going to be competitive right off the bat. Like a lot of people think a lot of people think that they're automatically the number two wrestling promotion in the world, which they are not. They're not. New Japan Pro Wrestling is head and shoulders above AEW right now. Until AEW, I mean, ROH Impact, they all have weekly television shows that they've had for years. So they're, in my opinion, they're above AEW right mm -hmm. now. All we have to go off of is a couple pay-per-views with just straight wrestling matches with not a lot of story being told other than unprotected chair shots mm -hmm. to the head. 
But other than that, we don't have a lot to go off of, so I can't become invested in the product. Right. It's just an indie promotion to me right now until their television starts. And we've always said it, that they need to get the television deal. Mm -hmm. They got the television deal, and we said with that, they need the actual television product. Well, let's wait and see what that actual television product will be like. It's one thing to to get excited about a wrestling match, just to sit there and watch two people go at it, right? Because there's a, there's a level of enjoyment yes. that goes to that. That level of enjoyment kind of dies out really quickly without a storyline to drive it, without you wanting to see the rematch, without you wanting to see two out of three or something, you know, why would they take a singles match versus these two and now turn it into some type of gimmick match? That takes storytelling, that takes programming, that takes you having a way to tell your audience really what that is. And not that I haven't, I mean, I haven't bought any of the pay-per-views. I've, I've seen the highlights, of course, and, and gotten to see all the stuff. And it's good wrestling and all the fans are getting behind it. But that stuff, it doesn't last for me as a fan. I'll sit there and watch it a little bit, but I need something more than that. I need the depth because I'm, I'm into wrestling for all of it. I'm into it for the wrestling yes. product. I'm into it for a really good story. And the one thing, since I'm glad you kind of brought it up earlier, I'm going to hit on it right now, is the lack of character development that needed to happen months ago, given what they're doing with their world championship. And that is, if I were to go up to the average non-AEW mark, the guy that knows a little bit about wrestling, he knows names and shit like that, right? He knows who Chris Jericho is, right? Now, right. he sure as hell does not know who Adam Page is. The problem Ooh. with that, exactly. Adam Page yes. is going up against Chris Jericho and could likely be mm. the first ever AEW world champion. Why has there mm. been no build to his character outside of, fuck, he's in Being the Elite, right? He's on YouTube. People know him like that. Yes, but that's, that's, but, that's, but light. that's not something that everyone watches. Yeah, and that's what it's they need. They, they got, need like, Tens of thousands of views, not tens of millions. Yeah, and that's that's what they're going to need because if they decide to put that championship on Adam Page, that doesn't move the needle for anybody outside of the AEW mark, the guy who's a hardcore fan for them and their product, who's a, an elite fan, you know. Adam Page is a good wrestler with a cool nickname. I'd, I'd like to be called the Hangman. That's cool. Hangman Page? Yeah. That, that is a badass. That's kind of cool. And he's been booked. He hasn't lost, right? They've been booking him strong, at least to win matches. He won at uh, Fighter Fest the other day. So that's good stuff. But give me something real here. Give me some depth. Give me him. Force him into the main event storyline. Because since Moxley decided to show up on AEW, he's been the talk of AEW yes. and it's going to be him versus Kenny Omega. I'm sure that's already booked for all out. So that's a thing and that's going to overshadow Page versus Jericho and it should not at all. It should not be anywhere close to what your AEW championship match is going to be. So that has been my frustration with what AEW has had for the first couple months they've been an actual brand and doing things is you need to build the guy. If you want him to be your champion or you want him to go up against Jericho, this first match and first title win is going to be very memorable forever. We're going to remember it, right? Because AEW is going to be around forever, so we think. So this should be important. Hopefully. Yeah. As a wrestling fan, hopefully it is. Yeah, and I've gotten none of that so far from Adam Page, and we have two months to go. So do something quickly, AEW. Yes. Now, I challenge the two of us 
to maybe go out and watch some of being the elite and you know maybe we reconvene next week and give our thoughts on what we think because being the elite is kind of right up my alley it's got me written all over it so i'm gonna give it a shot see watch a few episodes what it's like and then let's get together next week and discuss it what do you say Okay. I mean, I've seen bits and pieces of it there, but it's never been my bag, so I'm kind of forced to go in there and see what it's about. But uh, yeah, I guess that kind of proves how much of like anti, <laughs> anti-Bullet Club we are, anti-AEW, anti-Indie, anti-Elite we are, because we don't subscribe. Well, I do subscribe, but I don't watch their product. You don't watch religiously. <laughs> no, I don't, because I don't own any Bullet Club shirts or Elite shirts. <laughs> I do own an NWO shirt that you nah, bought for me. I, I got you that. That's right. Yours is white and black, I believe. No, mine. Oh, come on, Wolfpack. No, that's right. I, did, I got us both Wolfpack ones. I know better yes. than that. Exactly, because mm. we we're both Wolfpack guys. Ah, damn it, Scott Hall. Yes, your favorite moment in NWO history. You're thinking back. Put your nostalgia glasses on. What was your oh man big NWO? moment uh, i know mine what's yours mine was whenever sting chose the wolf pack over oh. hollywood oh. and then when he first came out with the red red face paint so good i love that face paint my yes oh. my nine-year-old ten-year-old brain couldn't handle it my favorite moment would be a wolf pack moment though so that's really not that doesn't count I don't know. I don't have one to throw off the head for you, Bubs. I'm sorry. I just keep uh, thinking about Nash beating Goldberg and the music ooh. hitting right after Jackknife. And I just, I just. See, love. that's not even the main. When I think of Kevin Nash, always, always, the first thing I always think of is when Rey Mysterio beat him, which led to the match that put his mask on the line. Yeah. Which Kevin Nash beat the bricks off of. He did, of course. Get rid of that mask, mask, Ray. Yes. Eric Bischoff was unmasking luchadors left and right in the 90s. It seemed like he was against them, but yet, but they were putting on really good TV for him and really good mid-card stuff. So there was some some love there for both Lucha, and they, they must have loved Bischoff a little bit too. Man. Rey Mysterio, Juventud Guerrero got his mask taken off. Uh, got de- demasked, though. No, I don't think so. He just kept playing that chair guitar. It was favorite Leparka. No, I don't. I don't have any favorite. <laughs> yeah, I gotta pull something out of my ass. <laughs> playing with him on WCW Nitro on the PlayStation yeah. One. Yeah, the Nitro game. He was fun because yes. he had a lot of. I mean, he was an aerial dude, so you could do any lucha shit with him. Man, you're putting me in a nostalgic moment there, Bubs. I had a flashback real quick. I might have been in '64 though. I was thinking of. Oh yeah, I think you're thinking of NWO versus the World. Maybe. Or WCW versus NWO on the 64. God. I think it was NWO versus the world, which was amazing on the 64. I'm such a young, impressionable child. But, I know. Uh, hey, but speaking of which, Bubs, uh, 1997 called, and Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman are back in Ooh. serious roles Ooh. in the professional wrestling world, come, especially come Man. October. What do you think about yes. that? I... If this past Monday night was any indication of what we have to look forward to in the Eric, uh, whoa, geez, okay. in the Paul Heyman, yeah, 
in the Paul Heyman regime on Raw, it's going to be pretty interesting because for the first time, and look, yes, we are fans of wrestling. We're fans of WWE. Um, but the WWE product has been atrocious. Since yeah. we've been on hiatus, I haven't I've barely watched any Raw and SmackDown because it hasn't been good. Their TV been has been really sh- bad. shit aside from Bray Their Wyatt promos. Yes, the Firefly Funhouse has been the best part of WWE TV. And Kofi Kingston has, as champion has been surprisingly really strong. It has been booked strong. And then again, if we're going to talk about strong, I mean, R-Truth's an eight-time champion in his division. R-Truth may be the best thing going in all of wrestling right now. Him so, and Drake Maverick are having the so, best rivalry <laughs> of the past decade. Who knew that they could pull something off with something like this when we all thought it was going to be I mean, it, it is a joke Wait, and a gimmick, I said, but I said it was going to be horrible, and I didn't want to watch it. I said, "Meh, I don't yep. care." But our truth has made me just—I watched. I, I'll go on you. I'll seek out on YouTube any our truth twenty-four-seven yeah. time when he beat be Jinder on Mahal on the airplane, <laughs> the tarmac, the golf course, got, a, a wedding. I don't hate it, Bubs, because it. The way he makes Drake Maverick look at the title when his wife is around. <laughs> Just the love that Drake Maverick shows that title. Oh. It's so good. This is this is what is fun about wrestling. It doesn't have to be serious all the time. It can be silly and stupid and still be awesome. It's yeah. not a main event uh, storyline going on. You want your main event storylines to be serious and emotional. But you want your undercard to be fun, have its fun moments. And... This this is that. Yeah, this is where I I like the entertainment aspect of what WWE gives us and what I think a lot of you know pro wrestling companies give us because pro wrestling is one thing, but you have to be able to entertain your audience, and that can't just come from an from an from an in ring match. So this has all kinds of stuff, throwbacks to what the twenty four seven claws used to be back in the day for the four hundred and twelve pound Crash Holly. And we're enjoying uh, it. it. He was well over 400 well pounds. Over. I don't think that I, was I heard 412. Okay. But uh, he reason, looked a little bigger than that. The reason we're enjoying this is honestly, honestly because the Universal title scene is it's weak. We're, it is. As much as we both love Seth Rollins, the Baron Corbin stuff ain't doing it for anybody. And I love Corbin. I think he's going to be a top heel. But there's nothing to do. We're both big fans of Corbin. Um, and then you look at SmackDown, you have Kofi Kingston and Samoa Joe in a very heated rivalry okay. over the WWE And they're flipping each other off on TV now, so we're getting a little yes. TVMA, 14 maybe, you, whatever you want. You've got Corey Graves dropping off. Holy He's, shit. Holy shit. And he, it, wasn't even, it wasn't even like tr- – he didn't try to – he goes, holy shit. Yeah. And I was like, oh, God. What just happened? That's good. That That's going to bring in a different audience, and honestly, it'll make some of the – some of us older heads go like, oh, they're doing that stuff again? Well, fuck. We're, I know. We're old bubs. Yeah. We're, this it's isn't sad. our generation. We don't fit in. We have to find a way. We don't. We need Corey Graves to drop a holy shit on live TV to make us yeah. fit in again. Uh, I feel, I'm in though. I fit, I fit right in. Yeah. Yeah. So do I. But fuck, man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
Uh, I missed you so much. Yes, I, this. I know. Let me just, just put, getting to look at your beautiful face. AJ Styles, right here. AJ Styles. Oh, my daughter's gonna. Oh, she's gonna be so pissed when she gets home. She told me not to watch any AJ Styles without her. You've been but watching after all what of AJ it. did on Raw, yes. Oof, she is not gonna be happy. There's something the IWC loves is Bullet Club Resurrection. Yes, the club, which because there's I love. There's so much chemistry between the Good Brothers and AJ Styles that mm. it's ridiculous. Their chemistry is off the charts together. That is a main reason why that AJ Styles John Cena feud was so good. Yeah, because because AJ Styles, who's not not great on the mic, he's borderline good, but he was able to play off of those two guys. Mm. And it, it brought him up a level. So I love this pairing again. AJ gets to show off his ruthless side that had been teased when he knocked out Vince McMahon that led to nothing. That led to, yeah, where was that story? Nothing like? at all. So maybe this kind of is part of that. Yeah. But I hope the ultimate benefactor is Ricochet in some way. I hope they keep him involved in the feud as the face. Because everyone loves yes. him, he's he's he you, can't, so you can't hate the dude, and he's just so entertaining. He's the piss out of AJ Styles backstage. Right. I just want this. If they're gonna do it, I want them to do it good. Like, let's get some nice tag team action going. Let's see some true heel stuff from the club. Don't bring Balor into it at all. No. Just leave him okay. alone. I've got one last question before we hmm. uh, put a stop to this. Um. Who was knocking at the door? No, God. Okay, so... It's not Bray Wyatt. I want to go ahead and say okay, that because that, you, can't you... Those two to, you can't have those two feud together. No, not yet at least. Okay, uh, they, both need, they both need to be reintroduced with victories. Right. So That, because the storyline tells you, you know, Bray has been saying, let me in forever. Exactly. Right? And, oh, and, God. And, it's... And it's there, right? So maybe he was the person that knocked, but the next person that actually shows up to the door that Black can see, of course, isn't going to be Wyatt. So I really, I don't know, right? Because I need him, I need Alistair Black to go over clean and strong. So I really, I don't want to say I don't care who's at the door, but I don't care who's at the door. That... I do just because I want to feel that excitement. I want to feel that pop whenever it's announced. Okay. Who it is? Meaning it's somebody but important it then? To, no, not necessarily. I did read an interesting article on why it could be Randy Orton. Okay. Um, but I don't know. I just I want Alistair to to be back on TV because mm-hmm. he is extremely care. You want to talk about charisma? He has a ton of dark energy charisma around him. They need to let him. And I also want Bray Wyatt to come back, but Bray Wyatt has to. Bray Wyatt has to come back and be a winner. Yes, has to. Must. That's why it can't be Bray Wyatt. Yes. Because they they've been building this black thing. He's been on doing these these TV promos for several weeks, more than a month. So. That's that's why. So is Bray Wyatt. I know that. And the, it's parallel. There's a parallel here, mm-hmm. and they're about to become perpendicular. Okay. The whole let me in, and it crosses right there at the 
Boulevard of Let Me In and Who's Knocking. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think it's anybody important. I it, it could be okay if it's Randy Orton. That's fine. Orton can take that loss and get black over. That's fine. But honestly, I think it's Mojo Raleigh. It's wow. Oh, they did that little character thing with him a few weeks ago, huh? Where he was had yeah. that makes okay. I don't want to say it doesn't make any sense, but who would knock and <laughs> who would knock at the door and then not be there? You know, who wouldn't just stand there and be waiting? So there's nobody's character that really reads into that. You know who would play games with Alistair Black? Well, Bray would, but it's not Bray. Well, so but would Bray would be there saying, "Let me in." Right. Well, he he wants to come in on, on his own terms, though. I think so. He could Gross. play the malevolent tease, and there's a lot of de- demonic things that get me. And even I even thought about it being Kane the other day. I'm like, no, no. like he could sit there because Kane is not someone that would just run off. He isn't, but he'd be like, you know, again, he could play his own demonic. Would be Undertaker. I don't want that. No, nobody wants that anymore. Well, no, I don't want that. I'm saying if it, other, rather than Kane, it yeah, be, it, it builds more to the Undertaker, right? Or the Undertaker's character. Yeah. So I don't I'm think not it's... saying. No, anyone listening, I'm not saying that it's Undertaker. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be Undertaker. Make a I'm clear just saying, statement. Yes. In comparison to Kane, <laughs> that's more of an Undertaker move than a Kane move. Kenny Oak Sports there, said, said that Alistair Black is no. going to face the Undertaker <laughs> <laughs> at SummerSlam. Undertaker. After the Undertaker buries Drew McIntyre. Yeah, that's not what we need either, unfortunately. So I don't know who it's going to be for Alistair Black. We don't need the... Okay. <laughs> Disregard what I just said about the Undertaker. Okay, I don't on. want him to come and kick my ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, the hiatus is finally over, bubs. Um, we're, we're back at it. This was a... This was a fun foray back into the podcasting game. And we just want to thank all of you for sticking around. If you're listening right now, that means you are a dedicated collar and elbow fan. Thanks for coming and back. By God, <laughs> we appreciate you. Yeah. And just and all we ask of you, hit the download button, listen, share it with your friends, subscribe. Have them subscribe and hit like and and download and all that good stuff. So that way we can just continue to grow this thing. Because we're, we're essentially having to start from the ground up. And you know what? That's what we're the best at. We're best at being at the bottom and working our way up. We spend a lot of time on bottom. Ah, that's enough. Um, I am, okay. Anyway, thank you for listening. We'll catch you again. This has been the Collar and Elbow Wrestling Podcast with Kenny Oak, with Chris Harris. Thank you for joining us, and together we're going to make wrestling great again. Thank you, guys.